Welcome to Wrestling Goons Radio, the podcast from the IWC for the IWC. And this is Between the Sheets for June the 4th, 2016. We got a big episode of Rumor coming up. But first, we want to thank all of our listeners on Max Sports Channel and Power Station FM. If you're online, you can catch us at wrestlinggoonsradio.blogspot.com. Check out all of our social media and find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a like and subscribe and a comment. We would greatly appreciate it. My name is Anthony Hammett. I'm your host today, and I have Brian Coppin and RJ Turner here with me as usual. And guys, there's a lot to get into, but first, RJ, me and you embarked tonight in just about, oh, I don't know, seven and a half hours for me at Center Stage in Atlanta, Georgia, for WWE NXT Live tonight. Do Wrestling Goons Radio, and going to be doing Facebook Live and taking all kinds of pictures. Make sure you check that out, and Brian, who will be later on tonight, because he runs our Twitter, will be putting all that up on there, so stay tuned for that. RJ, on a scale of 1 to 10, how pumped are you? I am at 20, if that's even allowed to have that number, 20. I'm at 20 right now. It's, it's going to be a great night. I'm excited. Probably drink just a little bit, you know, and enjoy the show. Have I, some fun. Nothing wrong with having a cerveza. I wish those uh, Arthur Blake deals for the low concessions were already in place, and they went to center stage, because... Be nice to have a three dollar beer instead of like an eight dollar beer, but whatever. Uh, Brian, I thank you again for making the signs, folks. When you see the bad A signs we're gonna have up tonight, Brian Coppin did the artwork for it. Brian, thank you so much. Uh, no problem, man. Uh, if I can't be there in person, I guess I got to be there in in spirit. There you go. So stay tuned for that tonight, Atlanta, Georgia. So we're gonna get into the show for this week and for the rumors, guys. We have crapped all over the WWE's booking of the club as far as their debut. I think there's been about three or four shows where every single week we were like, I can't believe this is happening. And then on Monday night, they just totally revoked everything I said. And the last week, the club has ran WWE literally on Raw and SmackDown. Brian, are you happy with the new direction of the club having AJ Styles back as the leader? And he's going to get a hill run here and hit Sean Cena. I am very happy about this. I'm excited to see where this new uh, character turn is going to take the the club and AJ Styles. It just it seemed like the tweener or the face AJ Styles didn't didn't fit with the club's style, and it didn't really seem like it was organic and true to AJ Styles to begin with. And I'm glad that they pulled a little t- swerve on us. And they attack John Cena because if anybody's going to be beaten down by the by the club and really make a statement, it needs to be AJ. I mean, uh, John Cena. Let me ask you this: Do you think now with AJ making the heel turn and being the leader of the club right now, does this put all plans for Finn Balor to be part of that and kind of make it maybe where he's doing his own thing and they ignore their past for now? Because he could be on the other show. Like, they made it keep him off the show the club is on. The the only thing that I would speculate on that, I wouldn't say that it would ruin any of his plans or slow them down. I think at this point, with the brand split coming or the brand extension, as they want to call it, because it has a better sound to it. No, I, I hate it so much. It, it makes me think NXT is joining the party. Well... That, but th- at the same time, because like, like you, would mean I'm adding on, right? I'm adding another brand. 
Yes, extension would would make it sound like you're extending the the brand, which it's already extended. That's why you're doing the brand split. But I I'm sorry, and there's a little bit of annoyance like that bother me. So, but I I could easily see, and I think it was either you or Mark sometime last year when speculation was coming up about the Baller Club and the Bullet Club and Bulletproof and all these different names that there would be two different types or two different versions of the club. And that could easily happen with the Balor Club debuting on Monday Night Raw and having the club with AJ Styles on SmackDown. So, but who, but who, would, I don't, who would be in Balor Club? Seth Rollins. So you're saying it wouldn't be had to be anybody from the original Bullet Club. He'll just make his own infection. At this point, it... It wouldn't need to be somebody originally from the Bullet Club, but I'm not saying that I would hate to see someone come, you know, up from New Japan or ROH. I, I want the Gorilla from Destiny, and there would be ASAP. Uh, the Bef- the Tonga Brothers. Before you get them, sir, you'll probably get uh, Authors of Pain as. Yeah, I know. Well, I've instead. already heard they have a long-term deal with New Japan, so they're not going anywhere. Um, RJ. What are your thoughts on uh, the club and their recent booking as far as how much we hated it from the beginning until now? Very surprised, and I see myself really enjoying them going into this new uh, uh, character, if I could say, for mainly for AJ being the heel now. Like I said, Monday night, that was the best segment of the night seeing those the interaction and i knew it had to be something big with john cena this honestly shouldn't should have been saved for the main event of raw it should have been the main event it should have been closing out the show with this that ending because i can't agree more That's fantastic. It, it was it was great it was great it was great to see that happen because no one saw it coming so it was awesome last last monday the, well, the monday before last we, we were all talking about you know as far as why didn't the Bullet Club come in and cost AJ his match versus KO. And now this week, it's like, oh, now I get it. I see why it didn't happen because this had to happen. So it made sense. It all came together, and I can't wait to see where it goes from here. Can somebody tell me how Raw ended? Because I like what you said about how it should have ended at 10 o'clock when that segment went on. I remember thinking, God, I feel bad for anything that has to follow this. And the rest of that card was... Awful. I, that, was, that was the worst ending to a Monday night when the credit rolls that I can remember in quite some time. I just even can't remember what the match was. It yeah, ended it was, with the... Uh, go ahead. Yeah, it ended with the six... It was a six-man tag with Dario, Jericho, KO versus Zane, Cesaro, and Ambrose. And you have no fallout from it. It's just a six-man match. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was Sami Zayn hit his kick on, uh, I want to say Del Rio, and he got the pin. That was it. Awful. I, I hate matches like that when you just throw a match that you're having and split the teams and be like, here, we're having a match. It, it's and, a waste of 15 minutes of my life. I'll never and, then, and then you had Sami Zayn and uh, Dean Ambrose chilling in the ring. No heat between the two of them because they're faces. And yeah, they apparently they're a tag team now. Like, they like to tag a lot. So. They, they had good chemistry. I like Sami Zayn's funny to me. The problem on SmackDown was hilarious all they the look, way around. Yeah, their backstage segment with he, Kevin Owens. And yeah, about the great. Border Patrol. He's like, yeah. 
I'm the one that told you not to bring the nunchuck. That's your fault. So. Yeah, he's like, you can't bring that kind of stuff into the country. My favorite part of that was uh, when K.O. looked at Renee and said, your necklace looks stupid, and looked at Dean as he walked away. There were so many inside puns in that little three seconds. Like, Kevin is great. He's just fantastic. Yeah, it ended with, um, that was the end of the match, but the actual show closed with Owens getting mad and trying to, he pulled out a ladder and tried to climb up the ladder to grab the briefcase, and Cesaro's music hit. Okay, I do want to talk about this before we move on, because when he hit that move, uh, the backward spring dive elbow, the glasses didn't move, guys. The glasses didn't move. Like, Cesaro, that, I take it back, that's the star of the night for that. Because he stole the segment with it. The glasses or him? Uh, kind of both. I mean, the fact that they didn't come off, they're on his head, so. And then he took them off and put them in his pocket before he climbed the ladder. So, you, I was you, impressed. You get impressed easily, but that's okay. I like Cesaro, maybe a little too much, so. Uh, you guys knew, and you think that he had a shot to win the money in the bank. Hang on, thanks walking out. Let's go ahead and talk about that real quick, because they've taken one of the uh, members out, uh, Officially announced as six. Brian, are you okay with that? I'm not, just because they didn't explain it. But I have Kevin Owens winning. It's KO Bank. I want it to be KO. That's who I want it to be. I'll go ahead and think about it for a minute, though, and let RJ go first. RJ, are you okay with six men, or do you think we need a seven? I'm with Brian. It didn't make sense just to just give no explanation to it. Even when you go back to Monday, I thought that maybe this was because it was the main event, maybe that seven man was going to appear in the match and it didn't happen and just went to six men. So it just, it totally threw me, but I want anyone except Jericho and Del Rio to win. I can care less. I see more so Dean so we can set up for the shield triple threat match sometime in the future soon so i'm looking at dean as the one that's going to win because the shield is basically taking over the main event anyway so i only see him taking it home uh for money in the bank i think rj stole my thought because as much as i want kevin to win i think dean winning does make more sense because he'll be able to cash in on either roman or seth and then all of a sudden it does have a triple threat as rj said and they're leaning into wrestlemania things that are SummerSlam or whatever they build that up to I would hope they give it to SummerSlam. I really don't want to wait till WrestleMania for that, but we'll just see where they go. Uh, guys, going back real quick to the club real quick. Obviously, this AJ turn, as we all talked about, was shocking. Um, the beatdown felt like one of the old, full NWA beatdowns. Brian, I'll start with you. Did you uh, think AJ had this in him? Because I've never seen this type of heel run. In Japan, he didn't really have to cut promos or do anything really over the top. You're a heel in Japan by just, you know, playing off the crowd. Yeah, I've there's some people that probably didn't see it in him. Some people said that he couldn't talk on the mic, and that's all fine and great. But in New Japan, he didn't have to. Like you said, you know, he didn't cut promos. He worked off the crowd. He did certain little nuances that made the crowd mad, went against the baby faces, cheated interfered all those small psychology type things that lack in wrestling nowadays it seems like unless your name is kevin owens all right, go ahead. unless your unless your name is kevin owens of course but 
you've got all kinds of resources at WWE in terms of acting coaches and things like that, things of that nature. But I definitely thought this was the character that he needs to be or he should have debuted as because they tried to debut him as a face because he had so much crowd momentum behind him and it didn't it didn't fit with the Bullet Club. So I'm happy to see it because I, I knew it was in him. He did have a rough start with his speaking on the mic, but yeah, it's his segment with Kofi Kingston on SmackDown was great. The back and forth, it was short, sweet, to the point, something that Roman can probably take a lesson from. But overall, I'm excited about his heel turn, and this is where he needs to be. I expect the club in two years right now at the same time, because I feel like AJ is going to have their back in the New Day thing. And they're going to have his back in the John Cena thing. So you're pretty much getting at least two segments in the club every night of the show they're on. Yeah, and another thing, too, this kind of determines who's going to be the tag team champions as far as the New Day is concerned because, you know, they do the Freebird rule. Well, you've got Kofi in a one-on-one feud right now with, with AJ or somewhat of a feud. So you have Xavier and, I guess... Big E will be the tag team champions. I mean, are y'all okay with that? I mean, I think they're still going to use Freebird rule, but because they're just never going to get rid of it, that's what makes them unique. I want Kofi to get more title shots, though. I think that he's proven in that match on uh, Thursday that he can go still. Um, that match with AJ was phenomenal. RJ, what are your thoughts? Kofi, I... I never saw Kofi as like one of the great talkers. Um, He's proven himself just by being with the New Day that he can cut the promos with the guys, you know, with the, the, I don't know about the John Cena's, but he can cut a promo basically. And so I I don't know where it's going to go with the club and New Day as far as if we're going to see them get the tag team belts as from, from the New Day. I, I don't know. I'm still looking towards, as you all already know, New Day versus Enzone Cast at SummerSlam. So I don't see them changing the titles, changing hands anytime soon uh, as far as going to SummerSlam. Now, we will probably get the club versus New Day at, um, what's the next paper? Money in the Bank. But that's it. I don't really see that going anywhere. I'm afraid I got some bad news, sir. You had bad, you had bad news with the Va Villains. And they, look. Yeah, go ahead. No, I said, yeah, you had bad news with the Bob Villains. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was wrong. I was wrong on that. But, yeah. but this time, I have a feeling that Enzo and Cass are going to move away from the New Day feud, and they'll probably just wind up with the Bond Villains. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, because I, my... like, I feel like they're going to have money here with New Day and Club, and they know that. So. And New Day, they, they keep mentioning about their longest title reign. You can't keep talking about it and not know that it's about to end. Right. I like mean, at, look at everybody. Phil Brooks. I mean, go, just go back in time. Anybody that starts talking about their strength loses it within a month. So. Charlotte. Yep. So. Charlotte got it from Nikki after, and they waited. They purposely waited for Nikki to to beat um, to beat AJ's streak, so that she could lose it to Charlotte. Yep. It's unbelievable. RJ, did you notice it? 
I didn't know CT brought it up, and I didn't even think about that. You, you're right. Like, they don't usually – you know a title change is about to happen when they start bringing up how long they've been champion, and I've never noticed that just but watching pro wrestling. It, it's almost to me like saying, you know, when a movie comes out and they're like, based on the true story. Well, they say they put based on the true story because people will get interested in it. But that's just because people don't believe that the movie's interesting enough by itself. You have to say it's based on a true story. When it's really well, like not 10% of what the story really is. But yeah, they don't have enough confidence in the fact that they're going to, that the Gallows and Anderson are going to get the titles. They have to build it up and say, well, they're going to beat the longest reigning tag team champions for I, it to make. I have a feeling that they're, I mean, everybody knows, like, and that's what AJ probably got in their head. He's like, look, man, over here in Japan. We had every title, so it wasn't just like we had one belt representing our group. It was like we're all champions of something. So I have a feeling that's kind of where they're going. Like when you're in the club, you're gonna have some kind of gold. Absolutely, that's gonna be the uh, that's gonna be the way you get in right there. Kofi was asking how yeah, you get in. Yeah, that'll be the news. Yeah, you gotta win a title. I do think they're bringing back some other belts. You're gonna have to for the brand split. I know RJ. You saying you're not get more titles? I mean, you are against more titles. Oh, by no means. I I want more titles. Let's bring back. I think it should be just those. You get the IC maybe on Raw and get the US on uh, SmackDown, and then just bring back. If anything, just bring back the World World Heavyweight Belt, the Big Gold Belt, and that'll be it. If they do decide to bring in another title, Cruiserweight title, that's fine. But at least leave it just where it's at with the basics and just bring in the world, the big gold belt, and let Charlotte defend her title on both brands. Cause no, it's not you, need like... the, you need the hardcore belt because Dean Ambrose was made for the hardcore title. It's just, if it it's who he is, I not think they need that title. No, sir. Yeah. I disagree. Uh, I agree. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. I, dis- I disagree with it simply because. We saw extreme rules. We know how hardcore he is in this era of and wrestling. Get, but it ain't got, I'm not talking about it from the hardcore aspect as much as the 24-7 aspect. Right. Because the idea that you can be in a restaurant eating your food and then all of a sudden get knocked out in 10 for 3, that's good TV to me. You know? Yeah, imagine imagine the back the backroom segments that we could have with Dean Ambrose or anybody else. Ever have any episode in the Raw, the title changed like nine times on the same night? Like, that stuff was really great. When they'd have a new champion every time they went to commercial. I don't know. I, I think there's a lot you can do. I'd bring back the TV title. You can do Cruiserweight. There's just so much. And I think okay. we need more titles. So, I'm going to throw an idea out there. Trios. Yeah, no, I definitely think we need that too. And they talked about this on the Raw pre-show, which... You know, that doesn't really get my hopes up because if they ever mention something on the pre-show, it's probably not happening on the real show. But, yeah, they threw a bunch of ideas out there and that was one thing they mentioned. And they have enough three-man teams to pull it off. But I'm going to disagree with RJ on the women's title. I, I do feel like if they're going to have two heavyweight men's division titles, they're going to need two heavyweight women's division. Even though I agree with you, I have heard from earlier reports that that's going to be the only one with one. I heard there are going to be two tag team titles, but the women's division will be on both shows. Okay, well, how about at least a tag team women's title? I would like that. Absolutely. No problem. I would like that, too. I love a tag team women's title. As far as the women's title, I think the only reason I say that it needs to be defended on both simply because 
the they don't have a great number of women's uh, division, if I could say, women wrestlers right now. So I say just have her defended on both shows. I guess once it becomes bigger, the women's division becomes bigger, then, okay, let's split it up and give each show a title, a women's title. But for right now, it's not many on the roster, so why split it up? You're going to see too much of the same feuds or the same matchups all the time. So just keep one title bam, you have Charlie just defend on both shows. That's the only title I would love to see defend on both shows. Not the world title, not the tag team titles, just that title. We spent a lot of time talking about the club and AJ, so we know that they're pretty much going to make one of the brands main event. Let's go ahead and talk about the other one, which is probably going to be Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. The promo on Monday night of Seth after his epic won the last money before and wondered how he was going to top that and he went to the box with Chris Jericho with the no talking at all. We got the silent treatment, and he attempted to run to the ring about seven different times. I wasn't impressed by the segment. It got over with a lot of people. I just thought Jericho did it better, for one. And then, two, I just think it was a copy of Jericho, and it was too soon to use it, in my opinion. RJ, what are your thoughts? I think if he was going to use it, he should have used it coming back in to... Uh, WWE come back on the roster, he should use it on the next night on Raw after Extreme Rules and not the next week because it, it'll throw people off. Once again, Jericho did it better, of course, but if you're going to run this route, you got I think it should have started when he came back and he didn't give us no talk, no explanation, just nothing. And then we can kind of see and be anticipated on, oh, what, when is he finally going to talk? When is he finally going to say something? Or when he's when is he finally going to address the WWE universe? But he came with a great promo last week. Then you come with silence. The next week is just it's a boring kind of book. I, I I will disagree for the simple fact that he used Roman Reigns' one weakness against him, talking. Uh, and I Roman, agree. Roman Reigns cannot shoot a promo to save his life, and everybody I, I knows it. I disagree on that. I disagree. Roman Reigns cannot shoot a promo. So. Him and okay. Seth Rollins have always cut great promos when they're in the ring outside of Suffering Succotash. That's the only bad one, and he did not write that himself. But okay. when they're, normally when they're in the ring together, they have good back and forth. Back and forth, but not solo. But he's not doing back and forth. He's with Seth Rollins. He is with Seth Rollins, who is silent. So you have Roman Reigns, who's basically doing a monologue because he's forcing Roman Reigns... And Roman to have to hold the Roman show by talking himself. Either. That's the point, because Roman can't. He can't talk by himself. He has to feed off of something, and then Roman, Seth is not giving him anything to feed off of. So he's just letting the crowd boo the hell out of Roman Reigns because he's boring. Okay, so we talked last week about how if they got it right or wrong, and that's neither here nor there. We're past that. But it looks to me like this is still a no-win situation because... They clearly, as RJ said, they could have ran this thing where he didn't talk. But I feel like, as Brian said, they had to. Because they had it in the mind of Vince McMahon. Roman is the face, Seth is the heel. So what do you do? You gotta have, you gotta make it clear that Seth is the heel. So that's the only way to do it. And have him insult the fans like he did. I just don't know where this solid thing is going. And like I said, it wasn't two or three years ago that Jericho did this. So... I, I just don't like rehashing old ideas that quickly. Well, they probably won't come back with it again. He'll probably be, you know, 
coming back next week and he'll have something to say, but... Next week he's gonna show up in a robe and tell everybody to sit down and shut up. Watch a real man take his robe off. Wow. Okay, that means... <laughs> yeah. But I... I, I, I guess with me, like I said, if you really want to get heat on Seth Rollins, which is already somewhat there, if you really want to get heat on Seth Rollins, then you should have started off with this whole silent treatment type thing with the fans because the fans would have been pissed. A lot of us would have been pissed. Why did not let Seth talk or why is he not talking? I'll, I'll counter that and one-up you by that by saying if you want to get heat on Seth Rollins or anybody for that matter, you don't put him in a match with Roman Reigns because he has all the heat. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. But again, like or like Anthony was saying, Jericho has done this already, and you know, if if he would have came back and you know not said anything, and then people would be wondering, well, why is he not talking? Is he mad at us? Is he not mad at us? Is he glad to see us? That's the same thing that was happening with Jericho. Jericho was the same thing. Would come out, couldn't tell if he was mad, if he was upset, or what. So, yeah, too soon to do that. But I yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah, it would have been just re- recycling the storyline, which they, of course, they do a lot. So if you go back to that, if you want to get, I guess, heat on Reigns and get the fans behind them, and you know I'm not a Reigns fan whatsoever, so for me to be saying this is, is shocking. But anyway, for you to get behind them or get the fan base behind them, have Seth not say a word at all when he came back, and then the fans are just like would be really in their feelings because that's the whole point. You want to get the fans emotional enough to say, why is he not saying that to us? Why is he not addressing us? Why is he not even talking? And then you start seeing people really boo him. Even with Seth's promo last week, you may have got a, a few boos, but Steph was still getting a, a pop from the fans. The fans were still feeding into it. Even He could have told them, you all go to hell, and he, people would have still <laughs> been cheering Seth. Because, they did, yeah. Right, so you really want to get that type of heat on Roman and get the fans on his side, then run with the silent treatment thing and bam, you may get that following for him. You may get the fans actually behind him because he's the one talking and Seth is not saying a word. Much as I want to agree, I still think they're in, like I said, I think they're in a losing situation because I, you can't brainwash that a crowd in this day and age. I think we know that from social media. People are going to have their own opinion and they're right and that's how it is. It ain't the old day anymore where you manipulate the crowd. We manipulate the show now. And as me and Brian have said, we don't like that much. And, I, you know, I'm going to go to the show tonight. And, yeah, I'll sing to Bailey and I'll do all the chants. But I'm not going to interrupt a match and chant other stuff during a match. Because I hate being to do that. Do you feel like that's right about how the business has changed as far as the voice of the audience controlling the show? More than them telling us what we're going to see. Brian. To a degree, yes. I know that there have been matches in the past that have changed mid-match as far as their their ending based on the crowd reaction at the time. So that's one example of how it could change and how they listen to the voices of the crowd. But I did hear that the night of the Royal Rumble 2015... When Roman wasn't getting booed in the back, that's when Seth Rollins went up to Triple H. And he said, man, you're in a lose-lose situation at WrestleMania. I'm cashing in that night. Seth Rollins helped make the call that night. That and the the Royal Rumble where it was Triple H and Roman, or not Triple H and Roman Reigns, but 
when Roman Reigns was getting booed, and you remember the the segment where the League of Nations took out Roman Reigns and they wheeled him to the back. Yeah. Yeah, that was a audible that was called so that the last two people would be Ambrose and uh, Triple H because at the time it was going to be Roman Reigns and Triple H. So what they did was had it to where Roman Reigns was eliminated by Triple H and then it left Triple H and Ambrose. They took out Roman Reigns and stretched him out so that they could take him to the back and talk to Triple H about what was going to happen. So that whole part where the League of Nations took him out wasn't even supposed to be part of it. And I think that was, that's where I get my separate thing because I'm talking about the one in 2015. You're talking about the one in 2016. And I think we could all sit here and say that, yeah, we knew from the start how green Roman was and we watched him struggle mightily at times. But this is a guy that's done everything the company has asked him to do, and I mean everything, and took it in stride. And for the two years that he was promised the top spot, it got yanked out from under him, all because people don't like him in an era where that actually should be what you want your champion to be, because people go to a show to watch the guy that you hate lose. That's always what draws people into wrestling. You want the bad guy to get beat up more than seeing the guy you love. That's just how it goes. Well, you also have to take into consideration that the only reason that he was skyrocketed to the top wasn't because they just handpicked him and said, you know what, you're it, you're going to be main eventing. He was taken out because of an injury. And so he lost so much time, all they were trying to do was catch up where they should have been to begin with had he not been injured. And it just came off as, oh, we're just going to push him to the top regardless of everybody else. You know, you've had, what, six months, I think, that he was out? That that was story building time right there. And yeah, I, it doesn't who, feel like that. It feels like so long ago, too. But who carried the show during his absence? Well, I, and Granin says did, but he's also in the top hill. What I'm saying is if you put Roman in that spot, he can do the same thing. He really can. The man can perform, and they can they can chant stupid stuff like "You can't wrestle to him all you want." Oh, that pisses me off so much. But he can wrestle around you any day, and I just think it's disrespectful to say that he can't wrestle. Clearly, he can. You knew he was going to be main eventing, and you still went to the show. You haven't left yet. You're still watching it. So obviously, he can, you know, obtain your attention long enough for the match. So I, I agree that. You know, there are some times where chanting during the match is taken away from it. But at the same time, I feel like when you get in that atmosphere, it's almost like a community where people get excited about what's going on. They just want to be a part of it. And that's their way they feel like if you're saying something that's going to pump up the wrestler that you like, then by all means, that's what they're going to want. But if you're just starting, we want Sasha chance during a Becky Lynch Charlotte match, that's that's rude. Yeah, I can't stand stuff like that. Uh, RJ, what's your thoughts on crowd stuff real quick, and then we got to move on? Um, You know me, I've always been advocate for the vocal fans, for the fans that say what they want, make it known, this, that, and the other, mainly when it comes to certain situations like Roman Reigns. You don't like Roman Reigns, either you be vocal about it or you don't give him any reaction whatsoever. But do something, you know. I'm not going to cheer for somebody just because I'm supposed to near the face or whomever. No. But why would you chant things like you can't, like if you're you're saying you can't talk or 
You're boring, but I get it. You can chant that to Seamus and be right all day, and you can chant it Roman if you want. But like Brian said, the thing, you can't wrestle and you still suck. It's just not true. And I, even the haters have to admit that. It's rude, definitely. It's very rude. It's disrespectful. But like it, no, I said, is it true? It's not true. You got it. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's not true. He can wrestle. The thing is, it's not about, per se, him as as much as he is about them rejecting what WWE is telling, hey, this is going to be your guy. This is going to be you all champion. No, so we can all we agree that, So we can all agree that it hasn't really got anything to do with Roman other than the fact that two and a half years ago, Dave Meltzer leaked that Roman Reigns was going to be the guy, and ever since then, that's all it took to keep heat on him. Am I right? Wrong. I don't think it was Dave Mess- Messler, I can never say his name right. I don't think it was Dave that was the the cause of all this. You can you can add him to the to the cause, but you can go back to Punk. What Punk said about uh, Roman in his interview and how they kept telling him to make Roman look strong. Or if you was just paying attention to Roman back in early 2014, you began to see what was going on. You saw him as the second to last in the Royal Rumble with Batista, and you was. And I was like, okay, I see where this is going. It may not happen now, but it's going to happen. This guy's going to be winning the Royal Rumble. And not even a, a year. Or, no, it was a year. Later, he's winning the Royal Rumble. Like, it was just there. The writing was on the wall, and you, I didn't like it. I want something more organic, something where I don't see it coming, something unpredictable. But here's, something why I had to co- here's why I had to come around on John Cena. It's because I spent 10 or 11 years hating the product because of who the top guy was. Not being able to stand it because I I was that guy that I would find anything Cena did and rip it. Like anything. It's miserable if you're going to spend a decade of your life hating the guy running the show. And if Roman Reigns is that guy, I'm going to try to find something to like about him because I'm not going to hate. I'm going to... If he's busting his butt to get better, I'm going to support him. That's just what I have to do. You know, and I respect that, but I disagree totally. Like, I don't, if you don't like it, you don't like it, and we, you know, you move on from it. It's not like Roman is the only thing on the show. We have so many other talents, so if I'm buying a ticket to a show, just because he's the main event doesn't mean I'm coming to see him. So, you know, I it is what it is. You take it for what it is, but to, to say the fans shouldn't have a voice in it, yes. Maybe certain things they shouldn't say, but if they want to boo him, Throughout the whole match, have edit. I'm for it. Because if you don't like something, either you boo it or you don't give it no reaction. You want to get WWE's attention to say, hey, this is not who we want. All right, but let's, have- say, but let's say that he turned heel. Do those boos turn to tears just like that? Because if so, then that's just exactly what Seth Rollins was talking about. About how fickle we are as fans. They, they, they probably wouldn't turn to cheers like they did with Rocky. But they would turn... You know, those boos into legitimate boos. I mean, you'd... Okay, the crowd's booing. Let me give them something to boo. I guarantee you, when he does turn heel and he actually starts doing stuff to make them boo, they won't do shit. I agree. I agree with that. So we're going to move on right now to something... A little comedy relief from the show. We got a little serious for Roman. So now we're going to take a little few minutes and laugh. Folks, if you've been on the internet, you can go to Dixon Quarter and TNA's little webpage, and they are proudly showing all of their vignettes that they're doing, apparently from Matt and Jeff Hardy's iPhone. And this acting going on between their main storyline with Matt and Jeff, you just gotta get on Hardy Brand uh, YouTube channel and just see it for yourself. I can't even... 
put into work and describe it. Matt Hardy's character lately is some kind of thespian that has a scarred face, like Kane, I don't know. TNA isn't going to die soon enough. Uh, they're doing their storage room is where they have all their production facility and everything at now. This is really, really sad. I haven't... I'll be honest, I don't watch anything. So all I've seen are clips. I stopped watching TNA months ago because I know they're going to die. And they just won't die. Why won't they die, Brian? TNA feels like to me that they're in hospice care right now, just waiting to die. And the fans that keep watching it are like the nurses that just refuse to let them go. Just let them go. I don't know why they keep holding on so tightly, but... It's just, it's painful to watch. I've seen the segment. I, I hate whenever, like, all these people like J.R. Stone Cold go, I never wish for any wrestling company to go out of business because we all need our friends working. You know what? That might be true 90% of the time, but WCW needed to die when it did, and TNA's in the same position, in my opinion. They, they really are, and they either, even a brand renaming wouldn't help. No, they, they just no, need just to. Kill it. They just need to liquidate and just spread the wealth if they have any. Nah, they, they owe money. To, okay, well, the wrestlers, they need to spread the wrestlers to other companies and just cut their losses, you know. They've already it's, begun it's doing horrible. that by letting their wrestlers work any shows because they're not able to keep them employed full-time. RJ, are you shocked they're still alive and do you see the end coming? Well, you know, I heard now, I don't know how true this is, but I heard that they are still one of the highest rated shows on Destination America. So They're not even on Destination America. Can you name they're on Pop. But can you name another can you name another show on Pop? No, you know what Pop Uh, used to be. Big Brother Big Brother comes on Pop. I watch Big Brother, so you're right, it does pop. See you see I don't even watch TNA, so I haven't been keeping up You know what Pop used to be? Pop used to be on the T V guide channel. They're on the TV guide channel. That is amazing. And their production their production facility is the Hardy's Ranch. Yeah, that's when they're doing it right out the eyeball. Just TNA, folks, if uh, you're watching it, I apologize. So, Ring of Honor is trying their hearts out to work out a long-term exclusive deal with New Japan Pro Wrestling and CMLL out of Mexico. Mexican Death Wrestling, or Cable Wrestling, as Brian is going to call it. And we have pretty much seen this before with the USWA and WCCW and Mid-Atlantic and the Crockett's when they all bonded together. And that lasted all of about two shows because you can't get that many bosses in there. And say what you want about WWE, but you might have 40 different departments of creative and everything. If Vince McMahon doesn't like it, it ain't going on the show if you hate everything Vince McMahon says and Vince loves it, it's still going on the show. There's one guy, and I think that's where WWE has always had the advantage. Do you see this working possibly at all? I really don't see why New Japan would do it. Uh, RJ, I'll start with you. Yeah, I don't see how smart it is for those two brands to come together other than entertainment for the wrestling fans. But as far as business goes, like you said, they'll be butting heads because everybody wants to be in charge. And like you said, also, that's the beauty of WWE. If anything I want to give WWE props for is the organization. They know there's a chain of command. They know that Vince is the head. No one goes over Vince. Nothing 
goes past Vince, everything goes through Vince. And if he doesn't give an okay for it, it doesn't it's not presented to the to the fan base or whatever. So it's like that's where it needs to be organization within other promotions. That was the downfall of WCW and probably some other promotions that were out there. That was the downfall. They didn't have one that that head to really go to. Everybody wants to be the chef in the kitchen, so to speak. So I don't know how it would go. Like I said, I don't follow Ring of Honor or um, Def Ra- Mexican Def Wrestling like that, so I don't really know how it's gonna mesh mesh together well, but. We shall see. We definitely shall. Brian, what are your thoughts on the potential merger? Can it work? I'm sure it could work. Should it work? I don't I don't necessarily feel like it would be the best interest of the wrestlers themselves because what it sounds like to me is the promotions are trying to find a way to to save their wrestlers from jumping to other promotions. Because if you're getting in the contracts that are exclusive to that promotion, that may hinder or restrict some of the wrestlers' abilities to go to these independent uh, wrestling promotions, which is part of how they live. I mean, that's what they do. So I feel like that might, unless they have some kind of clause, I feel like that that would be hurting the wrestlers themselves. Yeah, I definitely think they're more worried about WWE working out something with them before or getting some kind of talent swap and they're trying to figure out a way to block it. But if Vince McMahon wants something in this professional wrestling, you can't stop it. You can try all you want, but he ain't going to get what he wants. He's Vince McMahon. I'm just just waiting on uh, Kenny Omega. I I really feel like that there ought to be a segment, even if they aren't even part of WWE television, they should buy front row seats to a show. And just be sitting there when the new day comes out, or AJ and Doc uh, and Gallows, and he'll be like, "What? I thought I told you he wasn't for life. What are you talking about? Like that? That would be incredible for me." Like a AJ style shirt, and they've like put that little red sign. You know how they no smoking sign? Yeah, Anderson and Gallows hold their head down in shame. They're just like, "Oh man, he caught us." Yeah, that'd be great. So I'm all for that. Um, we're gonna move on to. Pretty much what we're talking about in New Japan, the reason why I hope that they don't have an exclusive deal worked out with Ring of Honor is that we are one month away from the Cruiserweight Classic, and there are so many New Japan wrestlers I want to see in this. The Battle of the Juniors is going on right now. They just had a match that is blowing up the internet. It happened last week between Ricochet and Willow Spray, and the new guy from Britain who was going to be on TNA roster and what actually was for British Boot Camp and then they decided they did not want him. Good job, TNA. Great job. Uh, he put on a thank, fun... Thank yeah. God they did. Yeah, amen. Put on a phenomenal match for Ricochet. Now, there's some matches getting a lot of backlash from the internet because it is a, quote, glorified spot fest. I have many other thoughts that I'll get into on that, so I'll start with Brian. Brian, do you think this match was as good as I do or do you think the IWC is on to something? This match was great, and for anybody to say it's a glorified spot fest, well, that's fine. It, it, it is a giant spot fest, but in the best of, best of way. I mean, you have people online that are saying there's no storytelling, there's no psychology, that it's not a wrestling match. You've got Vader going on Twitter saying that it's not a wrestling match, it's just the gymnastics spot fest. And I just feel like to say that that's not a great wrestling match is a disgrace 
to wrestling and to say that that's not a wrestling match is you don't understand what wrestling is. I mean, there's all different. Especially as we talked about before the show, Japan style. If you watch this match, they had no commentators. This was at a show where they had no announce team. So you literally have the two or three camera pan and silence of the crowd. I felt that entire match from bell to bell. I felt everything. And and if you don't understand what psychology is, we can give you a Wrestling Goons 101 on wrestling psychology real quick. You have Ricochet, who is the veteran, going up against a newcomer, the young boy, as they call him in Japan, Will Ospreay. And you've got Ricochet saying that he's not as good as him and that he can't beat him. And, of course, you have Will Ospreay who's saying that I'm just as good as you, if not better. And it was great psychology in the match because it was back and forth. People aren't used to seeing stuff, I guess, if it's not grapples or John Cena, five moves of death or five moves of doom. You know, it's, I just don't think that the people really appreciate what they were seeing. The backwards Frankensteiner, the reverse one, I thought he killed him. I thought he killed Ricochet. The, the one where he did it outside the ring? Yeah, and then he did the one on the side of the apron. Yeah, I mean that's, I get it. There's a lot of, a lot of maneuvers that you don't normally see in wrestling. There's a lot of high flying, but that's been around. That's not something new. It's Lucha you know, Libre. I mean, they've that, been doing it for years. Yeah, WCW did it with the Cruiserweight, and they stole the show when they came on TV. I love and, how Jericho went on Twitter and said it reminded him of Tiger Mask and uh, whatever uh, Dynamite Kid. So he, you know, Jericho's got to compare every great match to something he did, like a loser. And then you've got, what gets me is you have Vader going on Twitter bashing the match. Of all people who made the the backflip cool before it was cool. And How for, is Vader going to talk about a Japanese match? And exactly. And for him to be doing these type of moves back in the day as a big man, nobody was doing that before. So for him, of all people, to call it a, you know glorified spot fest and gymnastics that's insane to me so rj what were your thoughts i know you watched the match uh you think that have anything too harsh on it of course they are that match was awesome that match was was great i think once again their biggest fuss is there was no psychology there was no selling one of them would hit a move and the other one get up quick like they didn't they didn't really sell the move or they wasn't telling the story, but the story was one up, one upmanship, basically. Like you, I'm trying to one up you. You did that. Oh, I could do this better than you. You know, it was. I saw the story being told, but the IWC and not just the IWC and not just Vader. It was a. I forgot it was another wrestler that spoke on it. Famous wrestler that spoke on this match also. Probably but Vince Russo. It, it may have been. I don't think it was Vince. It was an actual wrestler, Vince. I don't think it was Vince. But yeah, they I can go ahead and tell you, Vince Russo hated it. I don't even gotta of hear course. it. I bet he couldn't stand it. Right, right, right. And people don't understand that wrestling has evolved into what we see now. What they're doing or what they did in that match, wrestlers of yesterday can't do what they do. And that's what evolution basically is. It's taking something that was basic, where you had grapples, holds, to something more complex. And that's what these guys gave us, complexity and in a great way and people don't see it because they're so used to the old way of doing wrestling or they're so used to the old old um wrestling psychology but the match all together was awesome exactly yeah go ahead ahead. ahead. i was was just gonna touch on what he said you know 
people are so used to the the style of wrestling that you know they're used to seeing on like WWE, maybe TNA, that they don't understand New Japan. They base their promotion on different styles. I mean, you have Nakamura, the King of Strong Style, who you are hopefully going to see tonight. Yes. Yeah. 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 And you are going to have you know the cruiserweight, the lucha libre style. I mean, it's all kinds of variations that. You just have to be open-minded. I mean, that's you can't deny that the match itself, whether you think it was gymnastics or not, was impressive. If you're going to a wrestling show and you're trying to hope that it's real, go to something else. Please save your money because you're going to be disappointed because if you don't know much about it and you're watching it and you're like, wow, this looks really fake, that's because it is. Um, Those are the people that still think Santa Claus is real. So. I guess so. And it's... Uh, but yeah, they'll go to a movie theater and pay 11 or 12 bucks to watch Superman or something, because that's cool. So, uh, I don't know, I've never understood that argument at all. We got the battle with the juniors, like we said, going on right now. They're only halfway through it. I love how Japan has these month-long tournaments. Um, it's wrestling almost every day. Uh, Brian, could America ever get this set up? Because I know you've watched New Japan a lot like me lately. And how they're able to take the first half of the show and make it all the tag matches that are going to lean into the night after. And then the second half is all the matches that matter. I like that concept. What do you think of it? I mean, they could easily pull that off. I mean, they're kind of doing the same thing with SmackDown, but not really pulling it off. They're attempting to do it with SmackDown. And I feel like with the network now, they have all the resources that they could they could really do it because they pre-record all their NXT shows anyway. So it's it's not something that they can't just record a live show and have one match of each live show that they go to be a part of, you know, their tournament show. So you'd basically have each match would be from a different city, but you would see them all at the same time on one show. They could do that easily. Yeah, uh, they do, over in New Japan, they do their tournament show so, so well. I really haven't seen anything like it. RJ, I know you probably watched many of their tournaments, but we got one coming up here for the WWE. And like I said, I was kind of hoping that Ricochet is not doing anything exclusive with New Japan or uh, uh, Ring of Honor because Lucha Underground, from what I hear, is not going to allow Prince Fuba to be in the Cruiserweight Challenge. Which really upsets me, because I feel like he would have been the star of it. And I also have heard that maybe Willow Spray will not be allowed in it either. But if he is, then we obviously know he's probably winning it. Uh, do you think that the winner of the Cruiserweight Classic is going to wind up starting, helping start a Cruiserweight division in the WWE, RJ? I can only hope so. I will hope this leads to something It's not just a, a network special, but we actually see the belt come back and we see whomever wins it featured on SmackDown, on Raw, when the brand split happens. So I'm looking forward to what comes after the um, Cruiserweight tournament. So hopefully we can see some great Cruiserweight matches again back in WWE. Brian, what are your thoughts on it? Can this be in the beginning of the Cruiserweight division? It easily could be. I'm hoping it's not just something that they give a trophy for something of that nature. I hope it's something that, you know, they, they get an idea of the talent that they have or could have 
and they realize with the brand extension that hey maybe we do need another title you know let's let's try this out and see how it goes i mean it did wonders for wcw i mean that was part partly the only watchable part of wcw oh their tournaments were great the crockett cups and all that they did back in the day yeah i mean it, it could be great stuff for for wwe yeah, completely around that. We're going to quickly talk real quick to end the show. Cody Rhodes has got checking off another name off his list. Going to be wrestling Mike Bennett, and you already had the matchup in New England with Kurt Angle at a big show. He's getting a lot of things checked off here. Brian, are you excited about the Cody Rhodes tour? Is this best for his career? And do you try to, maybe we can get to a match. we got to find a Cody Rhodes match on this tour. I'm I'm excited for him, especially seeing as that Eden left with him. Or we should we could call her Brandy now, I guess. That she left with him, because I I think that that could be a great power couple, and if he can manage to get in talks with Sandow, and those two just hit the road, no pun intended. Anthony right? Eden and uh, Cody Rhodes versus Maria and Mike Bennett. Oh my God, that would be amazing! Right, right. That that would that would be money right there. That's something that I would pay to go see, like on a on an indie circuit. That that's something that would draw some some sales for sure. So, RJ, are you, are you familiar with Mike Bennett? Yeah, I'm familiar with him. Let me ask this question: Is Eden can she wrestle? I, 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 I think she was doing some training at the performance center. I don't know if she's. Uh, fully trained, but I mean, she's married to a road, so I'm sure she, and she can get wrestling moves done to her all the time. She's got a lot of time on her hands now. Yeah, exactly. They're probably making babies like Daniel Braun, so. Oh, my God. Well, that'll probably do it for this week's episode. Me and RJ have to get ready to go to Atlanta. So, Brian, your final thoughts for the audience for this week's episode of Between the Sheets before we head on out. Final thoughts. You know, keep supporting us on uh, social media and let us know what you want us to talk about. If you have any questions, let us know. I'm excited to see where we're going to go at the brand extension. I'm excited for NXT TakeOver the End this Wednesday. And hope you guys have a blast tonight. And I want to see some Wrestling Goons radio signs. Uh, thanks to Brian for having two of them. They are going to be up there. We're going to have them all over our page. Also, folks, at Goons Radio is our Twitter. Brian has been doing a weekly poll. We're going to have another one up on Monday. I don't know what he's coming up with yet. Our last one got a lot of positive feedback, so we want to thank everybody for that. And please keep participating. And we appreciate showing us the love via Twitter. Uh, RJ, your final thoughts. My final thoughts are to the IWC, let's become more open-minded about wrestling, other styles of wrestling other than what we're used to, and let's get ready to enjoy this brand split. Hopefully, we get what we want, and I'm crossing my fingers with this. So hopefully, we get what we want, and we get that t- another title, and we start seeing talent utilized better than what they have been. And I'm ready for tonight. I'm ready to party. I'm ready to have a good old time. So you're there for Samoa Joe. That's your number one? Samoa Joe. Yep, Samoa Joe, Austin Aries, and American Alphas. I'm going with Nakabura. I'm, yeah, I'm always going to say Nakabura. So that's my goal for tonight. Folks, I'm going to try to get backstage. I'm going to use my wheelchair for all this work. So watch out for my antics on Facebook Live. Me and RJ are going to put our ugly bugs up there with you later on tonight. 
and we will be with you outside in the arena. So, Brian, thanks for getting the signs. We'll be keeping you update while you're at an actual job tonight. Sorry, buddy. Uh, I want to thank everybody listening to us on Max Sports Channel at Power Station FM. If you listen to online, you can catch us at WrestlingGoodsRadio.blogspot.com. We will told you about our Twitter, but we are also on Facebook, Google Plus, Instagram. Wrestling Goods Radio, you know how to find us. It ain't hard. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, as I said before. Give us a like and subscribe. We'd greatly appreciate it. I'm your host, Anthony Hammett, for Brian Cochran and R.J. Turner. This is Wrestling Goods Radio, the podcast from the IWC for the IWC. And we will see you. We'll see you.